I'm Rob Skinner, and this is the Rob Skinner Podcast. Today, I'm going to talk about how to become a 10x disciple. If you're listening to this program, you want to be a man or woman who multiplies whatever God gives you. You want to appear before God loaded with the fruit of a life well lived. Like the servant who took one mina and turned it into 10 more, you want to please God with the work of your hands and the content of your heart. How do you do that? I'll be talking about that and how prayer is the first step to becoming a 10x disciple. All this and more on the Rob Skinner Podcast. Welcome back to the Rob Skinner Podcast. My goal is to inspire you to live a no regrets life, make this life count, and multiply disciples, leaders, and churches. I hope your year is off to a great start. We're already two months into the year. This is March 1st when I'm recording this. Pam and I have just had some great things happen already here in Tucson. Two people have gotten baptized already, and we have another woman who wants to get baptized this Sunday. Pam and I have had a a number of couples coming out to church first with our neighbor day. And then after that, one couple that we reached out to about a year ago, they came and then they went away to France for a year. And they said, when we come back, we're going to go to church. And I thought, well, I hope they do. And they just showed up. And so they came and then they invited us to the Tucson rodeo. And when we were there, we met some of their friends. And one of those friends came out to church this last Sunday, really liked it. So God's working there. It's just so encouraging. I mean, it's just so encouraging when you have someone there at church and especially as a preacher, you know, you, you try not to stare at them, but you're like so pumped. Everything else can be falling apart, but you've got a friend there. It just makes all the difference. So another thing is our online outreach is really growing. I just set up an appointment with a man who was looking online and he just said, hey, I'm really thinking about getting baptized. I'd like to find out what that means. And so we're going to get together this Saturday at three. So I'm looking forward to that. And then last week, just been feeling like I want to get out and just meet the community, talk to the community, serve the community, and just be way more active. And so last week I went out with a few people and we passed out 340 bottles of water and invitation cards right before the U of A versus Washington basketball game. So it's perfect. It's a Saturday afternoon. It's on campus. And what's great is that Older people, you know, mature people who have enough money to pay for the tickets come from all over Tucson and they gather right there on the campus. And so you're passing out people. I'd say the average is probably like 47, 45 to 55. So great families and just, it was just awesome. And so they just went so quickly. So this week we hope to pass out over a thousand bottles of water and invitations to church. So pray for us about that. The first 10X Disciple. Jesus prepared his disciples for his departure by telling this story in Luke chapter 19, verse 12 through 17. Now, this is right after his talk with Zacchaeus, when he said the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. He said, a man of noble birth went to a distant country to have himself appointed king and then to return. So he called ten of his servants and gave them ten ten minas. Put this money to work, he said, until I come back. But his subjects hated him 
and sent a delegation after him to say, we don't want this man to be our king. He was made king, however, and returned home. Then he sent for the servants to whom he had given the money in order to find out what they had gained with it. The first one came and said, Sir, your mina has earned ten more. Well done, my good servant, his master replied. Because you've been trustworthy in a very small matter, take charge of ten cities. Jesus revealed that he would go away and return as king. There would be little, if any, supervision. His servants would be left only with one mina, worth about three months' wages, and the knowledge that their master would someday come back. Out of the ten who received a mina, one servant came back with ten more minas than what he started with. He multiplied the gift ten times, or what I like to call 10x. This man is the original 10x disciple. Reading this passage recently, I thought to myself, that's the kind of disciple I want to be. I want to be able to multiply God's gifts ten times or more. Whatever he gives me, I want to make more of it. I, I would guess that if you're reading or listening to this, you feel the same way. So what does it take to be a multiplying disciple or a 10x disciple? That's the subject of this series. First of all, a 10x disciple is a man of prayer. Samuel Chadwick said this, Prayer turns ordinary mortals into men of power. It brings power. It brings fire. It brings rain. It brings life. It brings God. Psalm 109.4 says this, In return for my friendship, they accuse me. But I am a man of prayer. And I just, when I hear that phrase, I am a man of prayer, I don't know about you, it just sends a shiver down my spine. I go, that's how I want to be. How do you want to be known? Can you say of yourself, I am a man or a woman of prayer? For many men, this is the hardest challenge of all, and yet it's absolutely necessary if we want to multiply the gifts that God has given us. Prayer is necessary for revival. In Acts chapter 1 and Acts chapter 2, it says, They all joined together constantly in prayer. Acts 1.14 Acts 2.42 says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Consistent and intentional prayer powered the explosive growth of the early church. The same will be true today. Jesus said that apart from me, you can do nothing. John chapter 15, verse 5. In the wake of the pandemic, there is nothing more important than men of prayer, both individually and even more importantly, together with other men of prayer. In order for our churches to thrive, we have to devote ourselves to prayer like never before. That's why in our church, we're devoting 30 minutes every midweek to just crying out to God for revival. I know it's not much, but it's more than we've been doing. And I'm just trying to increase the level of prayer throughout our entire congregation. But heartfelt prayer is needed. In the book of Nehemiah, it says in verse 3, They said to me, Those who survived the exile and are back in the province are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down, and its gates have been burned with fire. When I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Nehemiah 1, 3-4 Nehemiah was broken 
when he considered the situation his people were in. He himself enjoyed comfort and privilege, but his heart went out to his own people and the shame and the disgrace they were facing. His first response was not forming a plan or trying out a new technique. It was letting his emotions feel. He let the hurt in. He thought about the situation. He first went to prayer, and only later did he come up with a plan to save his people. Was he a man of action? Absolutely. But it started with just letting the pain sink in. Just as Jesus displayed 40 days in the desert praying and fasting, prayer precedes all of our plans and efforts. We need to pray. Pray with hearts that are feeling, that we care about people, the people we're trying to save, that we care about the people we're trying to serve. It can't be rote. It's got to be emotionally packed. Patient and persevering prayer is needed. In Daniel 6.10, it says, Now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God just as he had done before. Daniel's enemies had made it against the law to pray to anyone but King Darius. Daniel ignored the law and maintained his devotion to God in prayer. What was the result? Well, in the short run, he was thrown into into a den of lions. But in the long run, he got rescued. And in fact, in Daniel 6.23, it says, When Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him because he had trusted in his God. What was unique about Daniel? He had a prayer habit. He forced himself to pray three times a day. He persevered when he was busy, tired, and overwhelmed. He never quit praying, and God delivered him. This is the prayer of a multiplying disciple of Jesus. So often, we don't pray because we get anxious. We run out of things to say, we feel awkward, or our minds just run wild with all sorts of weird thoughts. We aren't in shape spiritually, and so our prayer lives are brief, sporadic, and shallow. Blaise Pascal was right when he wrote this in his book, Pensies. All of humanity's problems stem from man's inability to sit quietly in a room alone. There's no shortcut to being a man of prayer without disciplining yourself to sit, kneel, or stand in the presence of God consistently. Here's some things that really help me. First of all, dedicate time each day for prayer. What I do is I wake up in the morning, I set my alarm for six, I get up, I have my coffee, sit down at my desk, I read my Bible, and journal from 6.30 to 7. That's my normal routine. I just kind of think through the day. I, I, I've got a Word document that I use for my journal. I just jot down what I'm thankful for, what happened the day before, what I'm excited about today, what my goals are. I, I retype, retype my goals every single day. And then I get on my knees, and I pray for an hour. And I've, I've been praying for an hour for, I'd probably say about an hour for about a year and a half now. And it's been awesome. You know, I just feel like, hey, there's literally nothing more important than getting on my knees and praying for an hour. I just go, I, I need I need it. I need it in so many different ways. I don't even have time to explain, but it's absolutely crucial. What else? Set a timer. I have a little egg timer on my desk that I use. I'm big into timers. I use them when I preach. I use them all sorts of all sorts of ways. But for prayer, 
I set a timer for 60 minutes and I force myself to sit there. If I get up and use the restroom, I just turn the timer off and then I start it again when I get back on my knees. I want to pray for at least an hour a day. I just absolutely just force myself to do it. You can do the same thing. Just get a timer and maybe you don't have to pray for an hour, but man, just five minutes or 10 minutes, set that timer and say, I'm going to, I'm going to sit here. Now, if you run out of things to say, it's okay just to sit there quietly. It's okay. You don't have to talk the whole time, but just sit and meditate on God's power. Meditate on him. What else can you do? Get a kneeling bench. This was a game changer for me. I really like to pray on my knees. I feel like it helps me to focus, but it does hurt after a while. So I went to what I call the woo-woo section of Amazon. And if you go into the, like the meditation section, they've got little benches that you can sit on your knees. In Japanese, the form is called seiza, which is when your, your calves are underneath your thighs. Okay, so you're basically kneeling. But it's a little bench that gives you a little support so your knees don't just kind of like pop because they're scrunched together. Great, great investment. Really helps me and it enables me to, to be on my knees for longer periods of time. I'd recommend it. It is really helpful. What else? Keep in mind, Satan does not want you to pray. This is one of the biggest things. And this goes back to Blaise Pascal's comments. Why is it so hard to sit quietly and pray? I mean, it's not hard work in, in a way. I mean, you're not really, you're not doing anything physically, but it's so tough to just sit there. Why is that? Because you're facing spiritual resistance. Satan, that's the last thing he wants you to do is to connect with God because it is the most powerful thing you can do. So just keep that in mind and it'll help you to firm up your resolve. Next, don't give in to anxiety and worry. Just let it be. Anxiety kills us. We get choked out. We end up in the third soil. We, we, we sit down to pray and then immediately we think, I got to check my phone. Okay, put the phone away. Turn it off for an hour or for half an hour, 15 minutes or 10 minutes. Please do it for me. Just turn it off. Because immediately when you sit down to pray, you're going to think, I got to go get my coffee. I got to get my phone. I got to adjust my hair. Ooh, I, I got to do this real quick before I pray. We check on things. We do this. A million things pop into our minds. That's just symptoms of anxiety and worry. Just let it go. Just say, for the next 10 minutes, I'm giving myself permission to procrastinate on everything else except prayer. What else? Take some deep breaths. Okay, just take some deep breaths. You don't need to, you know, go all crazy, you know. You know, just, just take some deep breaths. When you, deep, when you breathe deeply, it relaxes you. It's just a physiological thing, and it helps. So if you're nervous or anxious when you're praying, just take some deep breaths, and it'll calm you down and enable you to get on God's weight wavelength. Another thing I like to do is just think about Jesus. This is so simple and yet so powerful. I, quote-unquote, force myself to think about Jesus for about 15 minutes a day. I just say, okay, for the next 15 minutes, I'm going to think and meditate about how great Jesus is. And I'll think about something I just read about him, or I'll think about how he chose me before the creation of the world, or how all my sins are on the cross that he bore. They're not on me anymore. And I just go, man, I just really, really love this guy. And it helps me. Just force yourself to think about Jesus. Another thing that helps me is to remember that the great I am is with you. Matthew 28, 20. The same great I am that was with Moses, <laughs> you know, it's, He's, he's with you today, and he's just as powerful. He, he hasn't lost 
a step. He's still as powerful as he was two or three thousand years ago when he was when he was with Moses and with Gideon. He's he's God does not change. So that's really awesome when you think about when Jesus says, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. That same powerful God is with you as he was with the spiritual greats. That should encourage you. Next thing is don't beat yourself up if you aren't quote unquote good at prayer. Maybe you just feel like I'm just I'm just a stinker when it comes to prayer. Don't beat yourself up over it. No one is naturally good at it. It's tough. It's one of the toughest things to do in the world. So if you're just getting started, don't don't shame yourself. Don't feel bad. Just be happy. Try to look at the positive like, hey, I, I prayed longer than I did yesterday. I prayed more meaningfully today than I did yesterday. Or today wasn't quite so good, but I'll get after it tomorrow. Ask for what you want, not for what you should want. Sometimes we don't pray because we feel like we can only ask for things that are sanctioned by God. And what I mean is we feel like, oh, I I can only ask for spiritual things or things that are just super, super important. And we say things like, well, God is so busy. He doesn't have time for my small concerns. That's, That's not true. Okay, if you're a child of God, he's concerned about all of you. And you can ask for anything you want. Jesus said, you may ask me for anything in my name and I'll do it. Now, that doesn't mean he's going to give everything you want. Be, be clear on that. Just like, you know, for me as a father, my kids asked for me for a lot of things. I didn't give them everything they asked for. Not everything they asked for was good. But I want them to have that freedom to ask for anything they wanted. Not what they thought I, I would want them to have. So just be free. And just, if God says no, that's okay. But just be free and say, hey, I'd like this. I would want this to happen. Develop prayer to the point it becomes enjoyable. For some of us, prayer is just not that enjoyable because it's so hard to focus and it and we don't have much time and we feel anxious and it's just kind of, then we get frustrated with ourselves and we beat ourselves up and it's just not great. We know that it should be, but it's not. That's why it takes practice. You got to get focused on it and just keep doing it until it does become a joy. Keep a journal of things to pray for. This helps me. I just write down things that I want to pray about. I keep a little notepad, you know, next right in front of me when I'm praying. And then as thoughts come up, I'll just write them down. And, you know, it's amazing how many thoughts come come to your mind when you're praying and meditating. Pray for other people, especially your own, your own family. Pray for people. I go through the list of people in my church and just pray for people then I write down their names. I go, I got to call that person. I got to encourage that person. I got to text that person. I got to help them, you know, help them get connected with this situation. There's so many ideas that the Spirit puts on your heart when you're praying. Just keep a little notepad and pray through people, and the ideas will start to flow. Finally, ask God for revival for you and for the church. We need revival in, in all churches. We need to see God work amazing miracles, whether you're in Malaysia. Japan, Australia, New Zealand, the U.S., Latvia, Estonia, Great Britain. doesn't matter. We need revival, and that's what we should all be praying for. Let's God bring revival to me first, and then to our local church, and then to churches around the world. Just like no one starts out really massive the first time they go into the gym to work out, no one is powerful in prayer initially. It takes time effort, patience, and perseverance. Over time, you'll become a man of prayer or a woman of prayer. 
and men and women of prayer are what's needed in this day and age we live in. There's nothing more powerful than prayer that moves God, the most powerful being in the universe. Think about it. Prayer is the most highly leveraged activity that you can do every day. And what's so strange is we do so little of it when it's the most powerful thing we can possibly do. When we lived in Tokyo in the 90s, I went through a period of barrenness. I wanted to save more souls, but nothing was happening. One night at midweek, I was so frustrated, I announced that I was going to start a prayer group once a week before work to pray that God would help me and whoever else wanted to save souls. About six other disciples joined, and we started meeting, I think it was like seven, seven to eight, for an hour every week right before work. In the next six months, that group of six or seven people helped 13 people become Christians. And I remember the day that two married couples got baptized on the same day. It was, it was so miraculous. And the, what was so funny is that the prayer group itself, if you had gone to the prayer times, it wasn't like the most amazing, powerful time. I mean, everyone's tired. Everyone's just, you know, drowsy. But we prayed. We prayed for an hour. And in six months' time, 13 people got baptized. Just, it blew me away. There's power in prayer. A multiplying disciple, or a, what I like to call a 10x disciple, is a praying disciple. Devote yourself to growing in your prayer life. In time, you'll see the fruit of a powerful life of prayer. Thanks for listening. Here's how you can help support the program. First of all, hit the subscribe button and send a link to your friends. Let your friends know about it. Secondly, read and review one of my books, either How to Plant and Grow a Church or Courage, How to Make This Life Count. You can find them on Amazon.com. Because my goal is to inspire you to live a no-regrets life, to make this life count, and to multiply disciples, leaders, and churches. Have a great day, and make this life count.